0: More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. Today, Pastor Ray continues his Christmas holiday theme with the story of Mary and Joseph. Just as we see from his just-completed two-day study of the story of Elizabeth and Zachariah, God is always looking for people willing to do His will. If there's any lesson to learn from today's teaching, it's that God always uses common, ordinary people to accomplish His most extraordinary miracles. God also always has a plan, and for His glory, He'll use whatever players are humble and obedient enough to make that plan successfully come to pass. Mary and Joseph were exactly the players God needed. Obviously, they had a very special assignment, but just as God worked in the lives of the humble and obedient of that day, so also does He work in the lives of the humble and obedient of today. Because with God, nothing is impossible. Are you believing that you might have a part to play in God's plan too? The Word of God ought to overwhelm us, amen? Oh, yeah. This
1: is the whole story of Christmas and all the things that happened, the whole story of the birth of Jesus is all a big plan that God had. Oh, yeah. It's a plan, it was a setup. Did you hear what I said? It was a setup. There were these earthly players and we look at them, you know, we get these pictures, these pictures, you know, we've seen some of us grew up with, you know, statues and pictures painted on walls. Or, you know, you see some of the some of the artists of old that have depicted some of these. people. We, we look at them, you know, they're they're you know, they're they're like their feet are five, five, five feet off the ground. They kind of float around, you know, they don't their feet don't touch the ground and they look so pure and holy and perfect. And their linens are all in every fold is just exactly there's no wrinkles in the clothes when they're presented. I'm going to tell you what, that's a lie. All that you see in all of these statues and art, it's a big lie. The people that God used were just common, everyday people. And God had a plan. And God worked His plan through very common, ordinary people. And you know, this gives me great hope because uh, in that day, this was the plan that God was trying to bring forth. God needed to get Jesus into this earth. And the way He did it was through a common little woman named Mary, who was just a common woman. So, so what religion has done is made these characters sound like they were some sort of you know, gigantic people that were so perfect when in fact they were nothing but common everyday people. God worked this plan through them just like God is still today working His plan through common ordinary people like you and me. Now, you know, unfortunately, you know, Jesus doesn't need to come again so there isn't going to be another Mary with that assignment. But every one of us has an assignment just like Mary. Mary's assignment was a glorious assignment. I'm not slighting her assignment whatsoever. Her assignment was a glorious assignment. And she was most definitely a very blessed and, uh, woman to, to bear in her womb um, you know, the Lord Jesus Christ. But every one of us bear in our womb something that God needs to be birthed into this life and into this world. So just like Mary was a player in that day, so each and every one of us are a player this day, God still is using common, ordinary people to do His plan and to execute His will and to execute His purposes in this earth. At that time, at that moment of time, God needed to get Jesus into the world, so He had to use somebody like Mary and somebody like Joseph and all the other people that we speak of or we read of in in the Bible. But God is still working His plan today in this earth through you and through me. And we need to see ourselves as servants, as players in the hand of God. Mary and Joseph were nothing other than very common people. Luke chapter 1 and verse 26, Now in the sixth month the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin, she was a virgin, betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, of the house of David. And that is the fulfillment of a prophecy because Jesus was to come through the house or the lineage of David. So there is prophecy revealed, fulfilled. The virgin's name was Mary, and having come in, the angel said to her, "Rejoice, highly favored one! The Lord is with you. Blessed or blessed are you among women. Highly favored." But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying. See, she didn't understand what he was what he was saying. See, she didn't have that opinion of herself. He called her highly favored, and the Lord is with you, and you're blessed among women. And she was startled by that saying or troubled by that saying because, and, and you know, considered what manner of greeting this was, her thinking, her estimation of herself was nothing of that. So, the very first thing we learned about Mary, and probably one of the reasons why God used her so mightily for this purpose, is that she was an extremely humble woman. She had a very low opinion of herself. She had a very, let's say, a sober opinion of herself. And when the angel came and called her highly favored and told her she was blessed among women, her response is that I'm troubled, but I don't understand. I don't, who, who are you talking about? You're talking about me? So she said, so the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. This, this is an extraordinary woman. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. And for those of you that don't know what the name Jesus means, it's Yeshua from the, from the Hebrew, and it means you shall, he shall save or salvation. The Lord is salvation. So every time you say the name of Jesus, you're saying salvation. So not only did he bring salvation, but he was named salvation, he is salvation. He will be great, and He will be called the Son of the Highest, and the Lord God will give Him the throne of His father David, and He will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of His kingdom there will be no end. Jesus ushered in, in His birth, the kingdom of God, that to this day still exists and lives and thrives and it is abounding and growing to this very moment. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man?" And here she is, thinking in her human, natural way. And I say this to every one of you that are sitting here today: You may know that, that we all, many of us, feel that there's something big on the inside of us that we know God wants to birth through us. We know that there's something greater, there's something bigger, there's something more awesome. The world is telling us something else. Our circumstances are telling us something else. We look to ourselves and we say, "How can this be? How can this happen? How is this going to come to pass in my life? You know, how am I going to? You know, how is this business ever going to get back on its feet? What happens if I lose that job because they're threatening to take my job? How am I? How is this big thing on the inside of me gonna happen? How is this gonna and Mary responded in very much the same way that every other human would ever respond when they are presented with the things of God, with the hope of God, with the with the purpose of God or the plan of God. So she said, how can this be? Because she's thinking purely in her natural thinking, in her in her natural way. How can this be since I don't know a man? In other words, I'm not I don't have a man that I sleep with. I'm not married yet. So how am I gonna be impregnated if I don't have a man? How can this happen? And the angel said to her, the Holy Spirit, hallelujah. Man, all of you ought to get a clue right here that the Holy Spirit is the one that's going to make everything happen in your life. She said, the Holy Spirit, See, you see, when, when a dream comes alive in your heart, when you know there's something bigger on the inside of you and is really showing itself on the outside right now, but don't let your small place kill the big that's on the inside of you. And the story is that even though something's bigger in you that's showing itself right now on the outside, you say, how is this going to be? The Holy Spirit. I said the Holy Spirit. I said the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. And that, that's what you—that's what you have to focus in on. And the angel's telling you, "Look, Mary, the Holy Spirit is going to come on you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God." In other words, this isn't going to happen solely by your own power. This is going to happen by the Holy Spirit, by the Holy Ghost coming upon you and empowering you. And I just—I tell you here, I say to you here tonight that that's the way you and I are going to produce the plan and the will of God that's within us that we know has to come out there's something greater on the inside of us and it will be birthed the way it's going to happen is the holy spirit is going to anoint you the holy spirit is going to overshadow you the holy spirit is going to empower you the holy spirit is going to impart to you the holy spirit is going to make it happen as we yield ourselves to god and his purpose for our lives that's the way it happens and then he goes on to say, now indeed Elizabeth, your relative, has also conceived a son in her old age. We didn't get time to talk about Elizabeth and Zechariah. But, but you have to understand that God was using these men. He's, he's setting them up. Because through Elizabeth would come what we, what we call, you we know, John the Baptist, who would be the forerunner of Jesus Christ. It was a plan. It was prophesied. And God needed to bring it to pass. And he used common words ordinary, everyday people. You see, i am tell you what, every one of us would do a whole lot better. I'll tell you what, we'd have a whole lot more breakthroughs. We'd have a whole lot more clarity in the Spirit. We'd have a whole lot more prosperity working in our lives. If we understood that all we are are players in God's hand for the purpose of bringing forth the Kingdom of God. And when we yield ourselves to God's plan. And God's purposes. And when we say, God, I will do whatever you ask for me to do, I will be an obedient servant. Listen, Lord, you bless me, I will bless. You prosper me, I'll prosper others. You give to me, I'll give to others. Lord, you tell me, go here, I'll go. You tell me, do that, I'll do it. When we yield ourselves to the plan and the purposes of God for our life, I'm going to tell you what, our lives will be blessed, overwhelmingly blessed. God will work mightily in our lives when we give our all to Him. So she says, so, so, he says in verse 37, now listen, this is, this is the verse, For with God nothing will be impossible. Hallelujah. Amen. With God what? God. Nothing will be impossible. I love it with God. So, whatever whatever impossibility or impossible thing you're faced with, whatever's staring you in the face with a big impossible before it, you need to rise up and say, I'm a player in the plan of God. God is using me for an eternal purpose to build His kingdom on this earth. I don't know how He's going to do it. I don't know when He's going to do it. I don't know through whom He's going to do it. But I know that the Holy Ghost will make it happen. He'll make a way where there is no way. He'll make the rocky way smooth. He'll make the crooked way straight. Because with man this may be impossible, but with God all things are possible. Nothing shall be impossible with God. So that's why we as believers ought to have that kind of thinking. Nothing is impossible. Man, anything can happen right now. Anything can happen in your life. Your circumstance situation could turn around tomorrow. Nothing is impossible with God. So he says, he, he's speaking faith. Listen, listen to what the angel is speaking. I love it. Listen. He said, with God nothing shall be impossible. I'm telling you, some of us need to get an angelic voice. We need to speak some angel language. The angels don't talk doubt and unbelief. Angels speak faith because they, they're messengers of God and they bring the message of faith. He says, for with God nothing shall be impossible. Wow, that just speaks to me. I don't know about you, but that speaks to me. Nothing shall be impossible. I'm telling you why it's time for some of us to rise up and to think big and to talk big and to believe big and to go for big. Nothing shall be impossible. Why? Because the Holy Spirit is upon you, the Holy Spirit will anoint you, the Holy Spirit will empower you to do the job that needs to get done. Are you doing doing your stuff in the power and the might of the Holy Spirit you are just doing it in your own strength and ability? So He reveals not only to Mary but to us to this very day and age how God's plan is going to come to pass. I don't believe this, this is just meant for Mary. I believe this is meant for every single one of us that lives to this very day and everyone who will live after us. That the way God's going to bring His plan about in the world today is through players like you and me. And when it looks impossible, God shows us through the Word that with you it's impossible, but with God all things are possible. Nothing, nothing will be impossible. The Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit, because the Holy Spirit will come upon you and anoint you and empower you to do the will and the plan of God. See, every one of us has to see. We have to look and see that our lives, it's not just about going to work and trying to make money. It's not about just going to work and trying to make a living. It's not about just trying to go to work to make a nice little life for myself, a nice little home, to drive a nice little car, to live in a nice neighborhood. That's not what it's all about. God wants you to have all of those things. But first and foremost, you must understand that you are a player in the plan of God. You, you were born on purpose. You were given a purpose. You live right now for a purpose. And I hope and I pray and I, I, just, I just ask God that you, everyone, would understand that you have a purpose in this life. And when you start to seek that purpose and put God's purposes first, I'm going to tell you what, God will move heaven and earth. God will do anything and everything to get what needs to be uh, gotten to you to get the plan operating and moving and fulfilled. Yeah. You see, with God, all things are possible. With God, nothing, nothing in this earth will be... See, now, why was He able to say that to Mary? Because Mary was ready to accept the will of God, the plan of God. So look what Mary says. Mary says... Then Mary says, Behold the maidservant of the Lord. She renewed her commitment to God, called herself a maidservant. Means a servant. She saw herself as nothing but a servant. See, what does a servant do? A servant serves. So he says, Mary says, Behold the maidservant. She declared herself once again the servant of God. How many of you are declaring that you're nothing other than the servant of God? See, and you realize that you, you, God has a plan in your life, and that primary plan is not to just build your kingdom, but to build the kingdom of God. So Mary said, Behold the maid servant of the Lord. And then she said, listen, she said, Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel, see the angel didn't have any more to do there. The angel did his work because Mary received, heard the message, received the, the message. And she said, Let it be to me according to your word, to what you say. So she received it. And the angel went on. Now Mary arose in those days and went into the hill country with haste to a city of Judah and entered into the house of Zacharias and greeted Elizabeth. And it happened when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary that the babe in her womb, that was John the Baptist, Mm -hmm. leaped in her womb and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, Blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the babe leapt in my womb for joy." And verse 35 says, Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. So, so now God is, is confirming through His servant Elizabeth what Mary had just heard. See, isn't it interesting? I mean, so many of us, things happen in our life and we just, we just blow past them. But it's interesting, that, I don't know if it's ever happened to you, but I know when God gives me an assignment or God starts speaking something in my heart, somewhere, somehow, there's always a confirmation There's always a confirmation. Somebody says something to me. Uh, Someone comes across my path and repeats something in a way that I heard it in my... Somehow God confirms that which He has spoken. And we see that here. So you see we're learning. We're learning how God moves and how God works and how God speaks to His people. Blessed is she who, who believed for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told from the Lord. Now you know one of the things that I didn't get into here but when Mary accepted this. You realize that she had to go back now and tell Joseph who she was engaged to. Now, hey Joe, I gotta sit down and talk to you, man. Listen, sweetie baby. <laughs> I don't know how to tell you this. But I'm pregnant. You understand. But you understand what I'm saying, right? So she laid her whole her whole future on the line and she accepted the will of God. And he could and it says we, we read in I was reading before in the book of Matthew, he had in his mind to put her away. But because he was a, a righteous man, and that's why God chose him, because God already knew the way he would react. The angel came and said, he was obedient. The angel came and said, no, that which is in Mary is of the Lord. You just take her and, 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 and don't be afraid and just do as I tell you. And you see, he had to be an obedient, he had to be a willing servant because the angel came in a dream and if he wasn't an obedient servant, he could have probably just, he would have woken up and say, well, I probably just ate too much last night, too much pizza or something and I'm dreaming these crazy dreams about Mary. No, he knew he was able to discern the voice and the leading of the Lord. Wow, think of, think of how powerful this is. Are you getting this? See? So anyway, Mary says, My soul magnifies the Lord, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior, for He has regarded the lowly state of His maidservant. Behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed, as the angel said, and so on and so forth. And, and uh, Elizabeth uh, confirmed. So here she's, the very first thing she does when she gets this, is she starts glorifying God. She starts singing a song to the Lord. She's told about this awesome thing, this Jesus that's going to be in her womb, and she's going to give birth. and now she begins to praise and to worship God worship the Lord and sing a song. That teaches me something. You know, when, when, when I, I need to worship God, I need to thank God, I need to lift up a song, I need to praise His name, I need to be grateful, I need to thank Him for what He's doing. Even if it hasn't come to pass yet, I know it's in me. I need to thank Him while it's growing in me and while it's developing on the inside. So verse 56 says, and Mary uh, remained with her, Elizabeth, about three months and returned to her house. And then uh, let's go over to, let's pick this up in chapter 2. And it came to pass in those days, verse 1, that a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This census first took place while Quirinius, the governor of Syria, was the governor of Syria. So, all went to be registered, every one of his own city. Joseph also went up from Galilee, out of the city of Nazareth, into Judea, and into the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house of the lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed wife, who was with child. So, it was that while they were there... The days were completed for her to be delivered. And she brought forth her firstborn and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for him in the inn. It's very interesting that Jesus, the King of all glory, was born in a manger in a stable. Pretty interesting to me. God just ushered in the kingdom of God and the way He ushered it in was to to have Jesus be born in a manger in a stable. You know what that tells me? The whole foundation, the whole crux of Christianity, the kingdom of God, is all built upon humility. And it's the one thing that's so absent in the world today. Humility. Humble. Being humble. Here's the king of glory at the snap of his finger, the wink of his little eye, the twitch of a little finger. Could have called all of heaven's angels on sight in a second. But God showed the world that humility would be the foundation of the kingdom in the spirit that he was building on this earth. The kingdom of God. That gives me goosebumps. That teaches me And it ought to teach all of us that one of the primary things we ought to seek for in our lives is to live humble lives. Humble humility. Be humble in the sight of God. And be humble towards others. Doesn't mean we live like wimps or wishy-washy. But we live in humility before the Lord. We'll teach about humility sometimes, what humility is and what humility is not. Now there was in the same country shepherds living out in the fields, keeping watch over their flock. Verse 9, And behold, the angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were greatly afraid. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign to you, and you will find a babe wrapped in swaddling cloths, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, "Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill toward men." So the shepherds got to Jesus first, not the three wise men. The shepherds got there first because they're the ones that saw, you know, this appearing of the angels. So it was when the angels had gone away from them into heaven that the shepherds said to one another, "Let us go now to Bethlehem and see this thing that has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us." And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph. And the babe lying in the manger. So that's why they got there first before the three wise men. Now when they had seen Him, they made widely known the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. Now listen to what it says about Mary. Listen to the humility of Mary. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Let me you know, it teaches me something. Whatever you have in your heart, whatever great thing God has spoken to you, whatever, whatever great thing that you have confirmation of in your life, just keep pondering it in your heart. You don't have to fuss. You don't have to struggle. You don't have to try to make it happen. You don't have to do anything. All you need to do is to ponder those things deep within your heart and leave them in the hands of God. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying, praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, as it was told to them. That's the story up to that point about the birth of Jesus. This is the story of Christmas. I see it more of a story of obedience, of God's people being obedient. There was a group of people at that day, in that day, that loved God so much that were willing to accept the plan no matter what it meant. Her reputation could have been destroyed because they found her pregnant and she wasn't married. Joseph, you know, uh you know, he risked his reputation in in the city square, the embarrassment. But all of these people were so sold out to God that God was able to entrust to them the plan, which we understand would be the eternal, you know, the the birth of the eternal plan of salvation for all mankind, the birth of the Lord Jesus Christ. That that really turns me on. That tells me, this is man, Lord, I gotta listen more carefully. I got to live more carefully. I've got to be just more obedient and and follow your way and just be willing and just hold fast my position of faith. Even though I've got big things on the inside of me, I'm just going to trust you, Lord. You know, I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I know it's going to happen by the Holy Ghost, the power of the Holy Spirit working and operating in my life, going before me. And, and making these things come to pass, that's how it's going to happen. Just like it happened for Mary, just like you worked with Joseph, just like you, you worked with Elizabeth and Zacharias, just like you worked with all of the people of the Bible, you're still working in lives, my life. You're working in all our lives exactly the same way to this very day. Isn't that exciting? Come on. You see, and someone would say, well, gee, I don't feel like God's working in my life. Well, you see, the key to this was a couple things. Being sold out to God, humility, obedience, Willing to lay it all on the line for God and to just do His will and His purpose and His plan. And that's what brought forth the blessing. And that's why these people's names were in the book. Because they were pretty awesome, awesome and obedient, sold out people. And I'll tell you what, God's got a plan in in this world and God's going to use you. There's a reason why something's big on the inside of you. There's a reason why you feel something bigger and greater. It's because God needs you. God needs you. God needs what's in you. God needs to see those desires. You have to do great things. It's not because it's—it's it's just something you conjured up. It's because God's put that in you. Because He needs you. He needs what you have. He needs what's in you. He needs to have it come full term and to be born into this world. Because it's part of an overall plan. Ooh, glory! It's part of an overall plan. Every day, every day, God is using you. Every day, you need to see that God is using you in some way. To spread the gospel, to spread some love, to spread the name, to spread the power of God, to spread the name of Jesus Christ. Every day, He's using us in some way. You need to see yourself as a player in the overall plan that God has in this day, in this age, in this hour. Hallelujah!
0: Tune in tomorrow afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors with Pastor Ray. If today's message was a blessing to you, ask for your free CD of the broadcast for a gift of any amount to help support this radio ministry.